0: Black Women to Watch is on a mission to tackle the underrepresentation of Black women. We seek to celebrate those who are power rising through the ranks by amplifying their voices and their stories. These women run companies, transform industries, and are the very backbone of our democracy. Amazing in their own right, they are distinguished leaders and through their journey, we uncover the keys of inspiration. As Vice President Kamala Harris said, Black women are often too often overlooked. And at Black Women to Watch, we're changing the game. We live in a world where the word influence carries a lot of weight. It's not just about influencing your network or your close friend circle, but with the power of social media, you have the opportunity to influence thousands. Now there's a good chance that the products and services you use every single day didn't just land in your cart by happenstance. You may have been influenced by someone who inspired you, likely someone you don't even know. And that's exactly what our next guest has done to me several times. Two years ago, I found myself watching an ad on social media by a Black woman who was talking about skincare. And I remember feeling like I was having a conversation with a friend about a product that they had tried and wanted me to do the same. And over the years, Chanel Tyler has introduced me and thousands of other people to products and services that she has tried and tested. Lovingly crowned the glow expert, Chanel is a corporate tech executive by day, a social media influencer by night, and a wife and a mom all 24 hours. She joins us to talk about her journey to becoming an influencer, lessons learned along the way, and how she manages to juggle it all. So today is a special day because one of my favorite Instagram people to follow is our guest on the show. We have Chanel Tyler, who's joining us today to shed some light. So Chanel, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So we start every single episode by just sort of asking each of our guests to share their six-word memoir. And these are just six words that you live by. They could be a phrase that is a complete sentence, or it could just be six random words. It's really sort of up to you. When you think about how you start your day every morning, what are six words that mean something special to you?
1: Well, it's shifted a lot for me, I would say, over the last year, I've become a mom and the literally the mantra that I remind myself of every morning is give yourself grace. That's like the thing that keeps me going, that keeps me positive, especially when things get super challenging. And just a reminder that, you know, even when things get hard, even when things get tough, even when you want to quit, just give yourself grace.
0: Absolutely. Yes. You definitely have Been open about the transitions that you've gone through, becoming a mother, just so many different things, amazing things happening in your life. And I think that that really resonates with a lot of us, you know, giving yourself a little bit of grace, especially we're still in the midst of a pandemic. I think a lot of people don't realize that. And so giving yourself grace is really important. So I have a lot of questions. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. But before we dive into those questions, maybe we can start at the beginning. When you think back to who you were. As a young girl with aspirations of who you wanted to be when you grew up, what did that look like? Who were you and what were your aspirations for your career, your life?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. If I reflect back, when I was younger, I was always like really creative, at least according to my mom. I always gravitated towards things like dance and pottery and painting and fashion My mom said that from like the age of two on, I used to always pick out her outfits and like tell her what went together and like what didn't. The things that I really excelled at were like creative writing. I used to do like a lot of poetry contests when I was younger. I loved painting and just anything where I could use my hands or just be really creative and artistic. And so I thought that when I became older, I would do something kind of in an artistic or creative field. I never exactly had like this vision of I'm going to go and be like a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that. It was more so something that's just kind of unfolded. Unfortunately, once I got to college, I really got away from that and focused on a very practical career. And now I'm in a much more creative, I would say, artistic-driven career or job or role, but it took me a while to find that again.
0: Yeah, I think that resonates too with a lot of people, you know, that pathway to kind of allowing you to have a lot more fun in your professional life. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to kind of end back up into that. And I think your journey of sort of, it sounds like the creativity, the fun really started at an early age and then you took a very traditional career route, but now you're sort of back in that creative realm. So I love that so much. Yeah, it feels good. (laughs) Amazing. One of the things that we are highlighting this month is women who have found their way in a form of entrepreneurship. And I would say that the world of influencing and people who've been able to make a living off of their brands is a form of entrepreneurship. And so I'd love to talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that. What's interesting as we were doing a lot of research and learning more about you is you never really wanted to be in this like social media influencer world. It sounds like that was sort of pushed on you. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. And that's 100% true. I was always kind of a person that I wouldn't say like I'm necessarily in the shadows or behind the scenes, but that's naturally kind of how my personality was, even though I do consider myself to be somewhat extroverted, but I have introverted tendencies as well. And I never wanted to be like the source of attention, even though sometimes I would find that happening just like on its own. And so when I was working at at Estee Lauder companies, I had a manager at the time who ran influencer and content marketing for the company. And I was sourcing influencers to be a part of a skincare campaign that we were working on and specifically sourcing Black influencers. And I'd done this many times for like our makeup campaigns, but When it came to skincare, there were like, no, I think I came up with a list of less than five. And it was shocking to all of us in realizing that this was just a space that did not have a lot of Black women that were really leaned into it. And so everybody on our team kind of had to be a subject matter expert in something. And so skincare was actually the lane or the category that I owned. And I researched it extensively. I knew a lot about like, product formulation. I knew like every brand that there was in terms of what they were doing in the skincare space, what their products were, how they were marketing it. And one of the things that I discovered was that most brands actually left, I would say women of color, but specifically Black women out of their marketing. They weren't talking directly to them. They weren't addressing their skin needs. And so because I had already kind of done these roadshows across the company talking about my insights and data and knowledge on the Black and Latina skincare market, she was like, why don't you do this? You should be an influencer. And I'm like, absolutely not. It was just so intimidating to even think about like putting myself out there like that. On top of the fact that I was like, I do this for a job. Like I can't imagine actually also doing this like outside of my job. So It was something that she kind of continued to push with me and something that I continued to push back on because I just couldn't see that as a future for myself at the time. And finally, she put it in my performance plan and was like, I'm going to find a way to get you to do this because I see something in you that you're not quite seeing yet. So let's just give it a try. And so that fall, I was like, all right, let me try and see if there's actually an audience for this that's interesting and learning about skin physiology and skincare and ingredients like let me just talk directly to the audience that I want to talk to and that I think is being left out which to me at the time was a woman of color and I started doing that maybe gonna be about three and a half years ago and now I look at <laughs>
0: you
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it's completely shaped from that point on like my career my
0: entrepreneurial journey has been completely shaped by that moment. Absolutely. What's so interesting is, you know, so many guests that we have on the show talk about the person, whether it's a colleague, a family member, a neighbor, a friend, who saw something in them that they didn't see in themselves. Yeah. And so hearing you kind of talk about how your manager really forced you into this, putting it on your performance evaluation, which is like... If you is wild. I was like, okay. <laughs> exactly. But I'm sure so grateful that you know, she was able to really bring that out of you because I think for so many of us, like it's hard to see what other people see. And it sounds like you knew the industry like the back of your hand. You knew the opportunity. You had a very specific niche that I think you highlighted. I would say, you know, now people have lovingly called you the glow expert. And so this is clearly something that is definitely a place where you've excelled. But I think we can also attest to the fact that after you've sort of made this venture into becoming an influencer being this glow expert there's a lot of people that have come after you when you think about the unique opportunity that you have to continue to talk to your followers and the people who look to you for advice and for information you know when you think about your niche what does that look like now as the industry and as the representation for black women women of color in skincare you know what does that look like and how do you continue to differentiate yourself
1: Yeah, so the industry has definitely evolved. I think that for a really long time, women of color and Black women were completely left out of most marketing campaigns you see. Then we went from not being seen or not feeling seen to tokenism. And then we kind of shifted from tokenism to something that's a little bit different. And again, like, because I've come from that world, I know that like budgets are limited from like a casting standpoint. So you do your best to try to represent everyone. But I am just a fan of leaning really deep into the consumer group that you're really trying to target and then figuring out how to use those budgets a lot wider versus just saying that I can only work with one. And that's where I think that you're starting to see a lot more focus on micro influencers and nano influencers now. The so brands aren't just picking like, Mega influencers anymore, you're seeing a really big shift and transition in terms of them trying to spread their dollars to ensure that they are having real impact. And so, what I would say is that opened up the door for me, and then that opened up the door so much for all of the influencers now who have come behind me. So, it's a great thing to see. I think that there are still very few influencers that just kind of focus on beauty. And me, myself, like I also had to start transitioning because if I wanted to kind of grow my audience, people are interested in different things across your life, right? And so while to your point, like skincare is very niche, everyone that was following me wasn't following me for that reason. They might be following me because they like my style. And so because I was getting a lot of comments and questions about that, that's the area that I had to decide and intentionally lean into. You know, now that I'm a mom, I've got like tons of moms that now follow me, right? And so I know that they're very leaned into that content. So I think what's great about it is that it's really opened up the industry for people to really just like lean into the things that they're passionate about and things that they're good at that are part of their lifestyle already. So in terms of how I continue to differentiate, I think that I just try to stay up on all of the products that I know specifically work for us. And so... I'm always try to stay up on like the latest ingredients, the newest launches, which brands are like really doing their research. I test out products like three to four weeks before I ever agree to kind of move forward with the campaign. And so what I've done is really built a high level of trust as well as engagement with my audience. And so they know that if I'm behind something pretty much no matter what it is, that it's going to actually be worth their money. And I can't say that like every influencer necessarily takes that approach. I think that for some influencers, like I also have the, I don't want to necessarily call it the privilege, but this is a side hustle more so for me. So I don't view it that way. I really view it as like having two full-time jobs. But at the end of the day, like I'm lucky to have an income from my actual corporate job. And that allows me to be more selective with what I do on the campaign influencer side. And so again, people know that when I partner with the brand, that it's like legit, that it's authentic and they don't have to question it. And so I think that with some full-time influencers, you know, if you're doing it because like you need to drive or this is your core revenue stream, the way you might approach it might be a little bit different. And so I'm not saying that like anything is disingenuous or inauthentic. I'm just saying that leaning in that direction has worked really well for me.
0: Yeah. And I think you can see it in everything that you do. I mean, let's be real. Everyone now is a huge fan of the clean skin towels because of you, right? And it's because (laughs) we know that if you put your staple on it, it is something that you've tested, you know that it works, you can validate it. And, you know, we don't have to question if this is about a check that you're getting on the back end that we don't Mm -hmm. see. This is really truly because, you know, you're passionate about this stuff and you've put your staple and your name on something that you've tested and is tried and true. And so I think that's pretty clear and something that I value. I love makeup just as much as the next person, but I also love being bare faced and feeling very confident in my skin. And I love that you talk about that all the time about how you're pretty makeup light for the most part. And I think your ability to do that and talk about the products that you love, there's a certain level of authenticity and trust that you provide to the people who subscribe to the information you share. And so I think that comes through loud and clear. I'm so happy that you brought up that point because that is my goal, right? So like when I started doing
1: this, it really was so that Black women were going to feel 100% confident and beautiful in the skin that they're in, right? That they could find a way to really shine through and not look at makeup as something that they needed to cover them up or to conceal things, that they could just really lean into it. Flaws and all. It's like, we're not looking for flawless skin here. We're just looking for healthy thriving, luminous skin. And that was the goal that I have for everyone. And so the biggest, most amazing part of this journey for me has been all of the women who now have shifted their beauty behavior and I would say like their beauty mantra from being, I need to fix this or I need to perfect this to being like, Mm -hmm. I am so beautiful in the skin that I was born with. And I just feel great every day knowing
0: that I don't have to put makeup on. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Switching gears a little bit, you know, I think one of the things that you actually touched on just briefly is now you've extended far beyond just talking about skincare. You incorporate fashion, you incorporate your life as a mom. We see Mads all the time. We're huge fans of hers as well. <laughs> when you think about just life as an influencer, is there ever a point where you talked a little bit about this is a side hustle for you and you've been blessed in that capacity that you do have sort of like a full time corporate job, I'll say, and then you have this that it sounds like it's a little bit of a hobby, but something that you're still passionate about. When you think about your life as an influencer, is there ever a point where it feels like cumbersome or almost like it's not fun? It feels like a job because you're worried about getting the video out or you're worried about getting the ad delivered. Is there ever a point where it feels like it's too much?
1: Yes, I've felt that many times. There's a place that you reach where though. I went from literally having not a single brand deal, just all focused on like affiliate campaigns, sometimes just gifting, getting paid nothing to basically promote the products that I love to getting pretty substantial, blessedly getting pretty substantial brand deals. But what comes with that when you're managing that on your own and don't necessarily have the resources of like a team that can do editing, a team that can do administrative work for you, a team that can keep track of contracts, a lawyer that can read over contracts, that can keep up with due dates for campaigns and all these things, it really can become quite stressful and overwhelming. Like I'm dealing with that this month because it's Black History Month and a lot of brands, you know, want to not do like performative activations. They actually want to kind of build the relationship and partner with influencers that really have like, you know, engaged audiences and can tell their brand story and their narrative in a way that's going to be impactful in a way that the audience will be receptive to. And what ends up happening is sometimes like I overcommit myself and then life happens, right? Like like this week, Madison can't go to daycare. She needs to stay home with me because she has a cold. And so I'm now trying to manage being a mom, being a wife, having a full-time executive kind of job And then also make sure that all of these campaigns get pushed out. And so because that's more of the side hustle, as passionate as I am about that space right now, I'm overwhelmed by what I actually have to put out because I have all these competing priorities. So yeah, at times it can just really kind of feel like a lot. And it also is like every brand doesn't have the same level of respect or appreciation for your value or your worth. And that's something I try to talk to the globe community about because there's a lot of aspiring influencers that are a part of it. There are a lot of people who already are, and it's just not easy to navigate this industry and to figure out like what your value is, especially as you're building. And so sometimes like brands will like send over ask or requests that are just not acceptable. And that makes it feel not so great and that makes it feel kind of cumbersome and like, why am I even doing this sometimes? And then there's the growth part of it, right? Like, while I'm lucky enough to have like, a hyper-engaged audience, my growth is strong, but it's a lot slower than what you see for most influencers. And so... I can't pretend like numbers don't matter to brands because they do. And so sometimes what ends up happening is if they haven't run my engagement metrics, they'll just look at the number and then come up with what they think I'm worth. And on the back end, like I'll have to push back and fight and say, no, actually, like let me show you what I've done in the past. Let me send you over my analytics and my metrics so that you can actually understand what you're getting out of partnering with me. And typically, if I even have to go that route a lot of time, I'm already like kind of put off by you know, working with someone. But then there are some brands who will come back and be very humble about it and meet me where I'm supposed to be. So it's, it's challenging. Sometimes I get a lot of DMs, which I love because I love to be able to engage one-on-one with people. But sometimes that can become extremely overwhelming because I want to respond to
0: everybody and I just know that I can't. I think there's so many people who, particularly in our community of people who sort of follow our page and our podcast who are interested in this world? And I think the reality of everything that you juggle of your mom, your wife, you're a corporate employee, and you're trying to do this. And it sounds like this is like more than probably a full time job. I mean, it really sounds like you need a whole team of people around you and you're basically doing it by yourself. It's important to hear the things that you've learned, the challenges that you've faced. And I think hopefully those who are listening will learn something from this and will feel inspired to continue down the path, but be advised of sort of making sure that you protect what you are worth and fighting for that just as you would any salary negotiation conversation. One hundred percent. One of the things that you've been really open about on your channel is, you know, thinking about your challenges with your hearing. And you've been very transparent of your journey there. I'm curious as to, you know, when you think about the vulnerability of social media, like what inspired you to be so open? That was such an inspirational post or series of posts, frankly, for anybody who has dealt with any challenge in their life. And so I'm curious as to like what brought you to that space and what do you think came of you being so open and sharing? I was not expecting you to ask that question. So like now I'm like, let me think about
1: that. I think a lot of times on social media, it's easy for things to look easy, polished, perfect. I never tried to represent that at all. I always try to show both sides of things, but I also recognize that that's still something that comes across if somebody hasn't been following me for a while. And so there was just kind of one day where I just kind of wanted people to know that I'm a person, I have struggles too. Like as much as things may look perfect, you know, social media is a highlight reel for most. And in life, like that's not what the reality is. And so I just kind of felt compelled one day to share, like, listen, I have been through a lot in my life. I've worked really hard for everything that I've gotten. And I'm not just Black. I'm not just a woman. I'm also like a disabled person, technically. You know, I have an impairment that impacts my life in a lot of ways that most people wouldn't think about if they'd never experienced it. And so it's something that took me a really long time to actually admit. It took me a really long time to actually say it out loud. And it started with me just telling people that I was really close to. And then it grew to me telling people that I worked with. And then it grew to me telling, potentially telling strangers that I would come in contact with because I, a lot of time would have to ask people to repeat themselves or can you say that louder or things like that. And so I ended up having to like explain to them like what was going on so that people didn't get frustrated with me or they didn't get annoyed Or even if sometimes my voice was elevated, they would understand why. And I also always want to create kind of safe spaces in my community. And so I wasn't sure like if there were other people that maybe could relate to what I was going through in a lot of different ways. And it opened up the floodgates. I mean, I actually ended up finding out that there were quite a few people that also were suffering with hearing impairment and hearing loss, that there were people that were deaf, that were part of the community. And then there were people that were dealing with Physical disabilities that reached out to me. And there was just so much encouragement and so much appreciation for me sharing that very intimate detail of my life and sharing something that I personally am very vulnerable about. So, yeah, that's kind of where that came from. And it was one of the best things that I could have done because it was just so well received. And it's something that. You know, I still battle with it every single day, not knowing how people are going to react when they find out. Like, I keep trying to kid myself, like we're in this digital environment, right? So I've been lucky enough where I can, you know, be behind a screen. I can turn captions on my computer. I can wear headphones to amplify sound. I don't have to engage in person as much as which is where a lot of the issue comes from or the challenge comes from for me. And so the biggest thing that I am not worried about is once we come out of this remote environment, how is that going to shift how I engage with people? How is that going to impact my work and what I'm able to do when I have to be in the office again? When I start going to influencer events and things like that in person, how are those conversations going to be? Like Again, it's so many things that you don't think about in terms of how it impacts my life. I think about it with my daughter and not being able to hear her sometimes when she's Making noises, so I think as she gets older, you know, how is that going to impact our relationship? When I have to go to parent-teacher conferences, how is that going to impact what I'm able to do for her and show up for her, and just things like that? So, yeah,
0: that has been a rough one and a tough one for me, but very well received by the globe community. Yeah, you know, I just want to thank you for your bravery and your transparency. I know that that was not easy, but I think that your vulnerability there is a huge step forward for continued conversations about what inclusion looks like. You know, sometimes people's diversity isn't something that you can just see all the time. There certainly is a a Mm -hmm. lot of diversity aspects that you can see and you can pick up on, you know, visibly, but there are some that you just can't. And I think your influence and being able to be a part of pushing the door forward in that conversation was so powerful. And so if someone hasn't told you yet, I just want to thank you because I, Hope that you're inspiring others to be more transparent, especially those who have such an influence as you do. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. I could literally talk to you all day. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because, you know, Black Women to Watch is about people who are doing amazing things in their respective industries. And I think what's so captivating about you is that you're like an everyday friend. I feel like the, you remind me of so many of my friends, so many of my colleagues. You know, you and I work at the same company. And so I know mm-hmm. that you are just like, you know, a very down to earth person and you allow that authenticity to come through on your channels. And I think this incredible opportunity for you to shed your knowledge on something you're passionate about and how that has become its own sort of brand and business is inspiring. And there's so many people who are eager to do the same thing. And so I'm grateful for you for carving out some time for us to have this conversation. And I hope that those who are listening are inspired to do something really amazing the journey that you have articulated here with regard to becoming this glow expert, being able to share a little bit of your life. It sounds like it's a really cool job that you get to do every single day, (laughs) but it's hard. And I think that transparency and being a mom and a wife and all of those things, it's a lot. So I wish you continued success and I'm so grateful for your time. And before you go, I guess, just let us know if there's any like big projects you have coming up that we can stay tuned for anything that you want To encourage folks to check out. Of course. And
1: thank you for having me. And really, I'm so grateful that you have created this platform as well, because it is important to get these stories told and to have your narrative a bit more controlled, where it is inspirational, it is transparent, and it's kind of, you know, paying it forward for a lot of people. In terms of what I have coming up, there's a Black history month campaign I'm doing with the Live Tinted community, which is going to be really important to me. And then the thing that I always like to kind of leave with people is when you're an influencer to me, no matter how big or small, the best impact that you can have is like amplifying somebody else. And so while there are more Black women that are leaned into beauty and skin there's still a really small group of us. And so I just always try to repost, reshare, engage with everything as much as I can, because at the end of the day, that matters. And that keeps people going, especially in an industry that is not really set up or designed for us to win. And so I would just love for everyone to keep supporting the folks on social that you really love, that like give you hope and inspiration, that keep it real with you, and that you want to see win. I do that all the time with other influencers that I'm like obsessed with and love following and seeing them succeed. So that's just the biggest thing that I'd love to leave for everyone. Like this industry is literally not designed for us to succeed. And you've seen that with like the influencer wage gap, it impacts Black women the most. So let's just keep pushing
0: us forward and keep elevating us and amplifying us. I love it. Thank you so much. Such an important nugget to share. We need to continue to support each other and amplify Black women, Black voices, so that we can continue the conversation. Thank you so much for your time, and I wish you the very best. I wish you the best as well. Thank you again so much for having me. Thanks so much for checking out another episode of Black Women to Watch. We hope that you're leaving with helpful nuggets of inspiration that can propel you even further into your journey. Now, if you like what you heard, take a moment to follow us on Instagram at Black Watch and leave a comment sharing your feedback on this episode. And also share this episode with all of your friends so that they can be a part of the conversation as well. If you have an idea of a guest that we need to host on this show, be sure to visit our website at www.blackwomentowatch or hit us up in the DMs on Instagram and let us know who we need to invite on this show because we're always looking for more transformational inspiration That can help us all in our journey. Another episode is on the way next week, but until then, stay inspired.